0: lives that we live. Thank you for the journey you share with us and we share with you. I pray today as we look at our memory verse for next month or this coming month, that today something of that would touch our hearts, something of that would minister to our souls, something of that may awaken in our minds how we can better honour you, minister with you to those who we come in contact with. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, you might remember the memory verse from last month. The kids just did it before. Do you, does, let's have an adult turn. Do you adults, do you remember what it is? Psalm 119 verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart. Might not sin against you. Very cool. How's that? Kids talk works, Phoebe. Everyone listens. <laughs> you might remember I had to speak on that last month. Sounds like I'm the memory verse guy because I get to do it again this month for the next month. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And last month I said, does it really matter if we do or if we don't? You might remember that that passage is written to young men. So my question to you, young men, is does it matter if you hide God's word in your heart or not? And if so, why? And if not? Why not? It's really easy to quote the verse, but we've got to be able to answer the question and apply it to our heart. What does it matter? And I want to suggest it matters a lot because the Bible was given by God to be the pivot point that your life and my life is to hinge off. So when we find ourselves in situations or we find ourselves struggling with topics or struggling with answers to the situations we find ourselves in, be that relationally, be that socially, be that at work, be that with ethics, be that on the sporting field, we already know what God says to us because we've hidden it like seeds we've planted in soil, we've hidden it in our heart and it sprouts and we know how to respond. comes like a muscle memory thing. And I want to suggest that God just didn't go to heaven and say, you know, catch you when I return, have a great life. No, he gave his Holy Spirit to minister through his word to us to help us in those situations where, God, we just need guidance. We just need to know you more. I encourage you, know your Bibles, read them, understand what it is to more fully live lives that give glory and honour to God because, as all us old people know, it's a journey that you keep growing on. And I encourage you to keep growing in your relationship with God. This month we get to look at the memory verse, again it comes from Psalm 119, but this time it comes from Psalm 119 verse 28, and my apologies, I haven't got a PowerPoint, I had a bit of a full week with some work stuff and got this a little bit last notice and my brain just wasn't quite working, so my sermon that I'm going to speak to you is as good as it's going to get this morning, so um, if your mind drifts off in images, may God anoint that and let you go far away. Psalm 119 verse 28 says, My soul melts with, from sorrow, strengthen me according to your word. In my Bible it says, My soul melts with heaviness, strengthen me according to your word. It's a great verse. I had a bit of time this week, so I went to one of my reference um, tools and I'm, I looked it up in the Hebrew. And the, I don't know if you know, but the Hebrew um, sentence structures and conversations very different to English. In the Hebrew, that the, the exact English words of the Hebrew words say this. Put the, put the verse like this. According to your word, strengthen me from heaviness, for my soul melts. Strengthen me from heaviness, for my soul melts. The whole idea of, of of heaviness or of sorrow is actually the Hebrew word for grief. Grief. To suffer, to be afflicted, to cause grief, to grieve, to know absolute sorrow. If you've ever experienced grief, you know those words. Uh, Arrows to your heart. If you've never experienced grief, can I encourage you this morning, um, grab a pen, make some notes, because at some point in your life, you will find yourself in the very barren land of grieving. We have to acknowledge that sometimes our heart melts from grief. I love the word melt in this sentence. It just simply means to drip or to drop. Think of a candle, you know, light a candle, you watch it burn, flicker, 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 and the wax melts and it just runs down the side of the candle silently and drips. The idea is of abject grief. Have you ever been in that place of grief where no words come out? Uh, last year, I had to do a ceremony up at the Garden of Remembrance. We were setting up. I arrived early. We had a couple hundred people um, turning up for this thing. And as I was setting up there early, I, I walked in and sort of simultaneously from another direction, a lady walked in and, and there was a little headstone and she just knelt down. And there was no words, just dripping. I had 200 plus people turning up for this thing. Um, The police are really easy to tell what to do. You just give them an order and they do it. And I went to a few of them. I said, gentlemen, we need to stop everybody here until that lady over there finishes. um, And then we'll continue. But we'll be late, Padre. Yes, and if you want to go and give that lady a move on order as she grieves, I'm not, but you can. (laughs) We'll do it, Padre, we'll stop them. They built a wall, kept them there. I went over with this lady. I knelt down beside her and the plaque was her her son who lived for six months. And she was grieving. And my soul melts with heaviness. This week I had to make a phone call to a lady who only I know is her Christian name and I know how her partner died. And the, phone, the email said, Jeff, can you ring this person because I think she needs to talk. I, I ring this lady and all I know is her Christian name. I know how her partner died. And... Her heart was afflicted with grief as she sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. We have to understand as Christians we can be happy, happy, happy and worship the Lord and and know the joy of the Lord because it is our strength. And I get all that sort of stuff, but we can't deny the fact that sometimes we walk through this thing, the valley of the shadow of death, and we can fear no evil because God is with us because there's times when we find ourselves in a place of grief. And what do we do in those times? Because more often than not, what, I, what can easily happen with our faith is it goes to the side because God, I'm just here, oh my Lord, in grief. But I want to suggest to us that God wants to be with us. as Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can say, I fear no evil. Why? Because God, you are there with me. And so in the, in the topic of grief, in the topic of heaviness, and where our times when our heart melts, we need not to see it as a time to run away from God, but to run towards him. And perhaps the greatest example of that in the Bible comes from another lady called Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, it simply says this, Hannah's womb was closed. A short sentence that says this poor darling couldn't have kids. And it burdened her her heart was melting like wax in her deep anguish hannah prayed to the lord and wept bitterly she vowed saying o oh, lord almighty if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son i will give him to the lord all the days of her life of his life And she kept praying to the Lord. And then the priest, Eli, came over. Verse 12, Eli comes over, asks a really typical male, stupid question. Why are you crying? Ever just wanted to hit somebody? Hannah would have been there. You've got to read that into it, but that's... When somebody's grieving, don't say stupid questions. On behalf of the people who were stricken by grief, don't ask, why are you crying? Don't ask another stupid question. As somebody said to me once who was trying to recover from this comment, when somebody said to them once after her son had suicided, somebody came to them and said, oh, I understand. And she went off her tree. Do you really understand? Have you ever lost a son to suicide? much more octaves than what I was using. And this person said, no, well, how can you say you understand? You don't. Unless you've been there with people, don't, don't say you understand. Be comfortable with silence. Be comfortable to sit with people. If that means they cry, let them cry. Don't try and shut it down. Don't tell them it'll be all right. There's times, there's valleys where we must walk through. And Hannah is walking through this valley and Eli says a stupid question. Hannah doesn't give up, thankfully. She's a strong woman. Hannah prayed in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She says to Eli, no, my Lord, I am a woman who's deeply troubled and I am pouring out my soul to the Lord. My soul melts with sorrow. Strengthen me with your word. Hannah is exemplifying what that verse means. Grief is not gender specific, i found. It doesn't just happen to the ladies, it also happens to the blokes. I'll never forget May 29, 2017 at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when we knew that one of our police officers was shot and killed at Gatton. I can't explain to you the grief that was cried out in his work unit as they wept for that man. Big, strong man, just grieving. Something of the same feeling, I think, that we see in the book of Job, in the story of the man Job who... Who, who loses his family, who loses everything that he got and he's stuck with three friends and he's in this time of grieving and he says this in Job chapter 16 verses 15 and 11, I have sewn sackcloth over my skin and I lay my head in the dust. My face is flushed from weeping, and my eyelids, and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Although no violence is in my hand, and my heart is pure, my soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. As Christians, For the cry of us as Christians should be in times of grief, it should be that verse. I'd encourage you to learn that verse or this verse for no other reason than when you're in those times of grief, something comes to your memory that says when your soul is melting and you have a heaviness of heart, God strengthened me in this time according to your word. That's why we plant verses like this. That's why we hide verses like this in our heart. So in those times, we have an an automatic memory that comes to us by God's Spirit. Hey, Jeff, I want to strengthen you at this time. I want to walk with you through this valley. You're not alone. I am with you. And I don't know where you're at or where you're at in, your, in, in times of grief, but in, in irrespective of where you're at in your stage of life or what's happening to you at the moment, you need to know if you only remember one thing from this morning, God is with you. He is with you whatever circumstance you may be facing, whatever situation you might find yourself in, however good, bad or ugly it may feel to you, know God is with you. He's with you. And these are the times in grief when we shouldn't run away from God, but towards Him. And we need to develop a healthy response to grief in the time. I encourage you, if you know people who are grieving, don't try and make them suppress it. Don't try and cover it up. Grief is a God-given, normal human response. I think it's a gift. I think it's a really unfortunate thing when we suppress it because too many people who suppress their grief have struggles years and years on because they haven't expressed what's in their heart here and they lock it away in a vault that you cannot keep the lid on. Be comfortable with grief. Sit in the gutter with people if you must. I remember once I was driving up orderly street and just I was just driving up orderly street. I don't what I was doing driving up orderly street. But I crossed over Ruthven Street and I heard the sound. This, just heard this howling. Didn't know what it was. Drove up orderly street and orderly and is it Hume? I think there's a roundabout there. <laughs> Big car crash. And there's this lady young girl sitting in the gutter and she's just howling. Cars driving past her and she's just sitting there by herself rocking and just, I sit with her. Be comfortable just to sit with people in the gutter if you have to. Be comfortable to make somebody a meal. Be comfortable to sit in silence. We can be comfortable in those things as Christians because we have something very different to everybody else that doesn't know God. We have God. And he knows what it is to grieve. He knows what it is to go through those valleys. He knows what it is to have his heart broken. I, I listened to that memory verse and I love the book of Isaiah. I did, a, did, some, did some postgraduate study on the book of Isaiah once and, and my, my, I felt the grief of the Lord's heart who for 200 years prior said, people, you can turn from your way. This doesn't have to happen. This exile doesn't have to happen. Don't go down this road. Go this way. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. He pleads and he pleads and he pleads and you can hear the sorrow of the heart of God. And they just go away from you. And God's heart melts. God knows grief, God knows your grief, God knows what it is to have a heavy heart, God sits with you in your heavy heart. And we have to know that God is with us in the good times, in the difficult times, and in those times of abject sorrow where our heart just melts. That's what makes God so much God. He meets us everywhere in our time of need. And we could stop there looking at this verse this morning and go, Hallelujah, Amen, we're going to close the last song. But if we just stop there and think, my soul melts from heaviness, strengthen me according to my word. If we stop at that point, we, miss, we only cover half the intention of the verse. There's another half to what this verse is about. See, I believe that God asks nothing more of you and I Than he's not prepared to do for himself. So when God asks us, strengthen, uh, my soul melts from heaviness, strengthen me according to my word, to your word, God is giving us an invitation in those times of grief to come to him and be strengthened by him. I think it's the same for God. I think there's circumstances and there's situations in, in, as God looks at the universe where his heart just melts, where he sheds a tear for what he sees, where he sheds a tear for injustice, where he sheds a tear for abuse, where he sheds a tear for human trafficking. For he sheds it to you. And God, as he sits in relationship, in his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relationship, they strengthen each other with the word. Because God's heart melts too for what he sees. God's heart melts at the souls of humanity who don't acknowledge him as God and who make a conscious decision to walk away from him and see their life go to hell. It's one of the reasons why, as I said last time when I preached, that God's jealous. He is so jealous that no one should perish and that all should be in heaven with him. That's the desire of his heart. God's love has two sides. Yes, one is of a tender love, a tender heart of God as he embraces us. But the other side of love, as we know as parents, is that there's a side of discipline and there's a side of consequence to action. There's a side where justice must be upheld. And each of us sit in a spot of conscious decision about what will we do with God. Well, do we accept him as Lord and Savior? Do we give our lives to him and say, God, thank you for creating me. Thank you for all that you've done in this world. Thank you for giving Jesus to us. Thank you for for his dying on the cross. Thank you for the freedom that we can have of being in relationship with you. Or do we say, God, you know, that's all very good for them, but for me, yeah, well, I'm okay. That we make a conscious decision at that point. Where God in his justice grieves as he watches you do that. And the invitation of God is always to him and to be with him. That's what makes verses like John three sixteen so powerful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You want to know God's heart for humanity. You want to know how much God's heart aches to see all humanity in heaven with him. Just meditate on John 3:16. God's heart is for you to be with him. God's heart is for us as a church is to communicate that message to the world that we're living in and to communicate it in such a way that it actually makes a difference in your life and mine and that we actually carry something that sets us apart to contribute in a space to be God's representative to the people around us. And I'm concerned sometimes as I look over the, 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 the Christian landscape of Australian Christianity that sometimes we've become numb to what grieves God's heart. Sometimes we've become numb to the fact, well, those people are just walking away from God. And we say it so coldly. It, God hearts, God's heart grieves for them and it should grieve in us. We need to know what it is to be strengthened by what beats the heart of God. And his word is that he longs that no one should perish. And we need to feel the weight of that same grief that God feels in our hearts as he feels in his. In, in God says it this way in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 to 13, he says, The Lord is not lacking concerning his promise, as some count slackness that is long-suffering towards us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For the day of the Lord will come, that's the return of God, to take his people to heaven, will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it, will burn up therefore since all these things will be dissolved what manner of poor person ought we to be in holy in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening or hurrying up the coming of the day of the lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved because being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat nevertheless according to his promise Look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. God says, I'm not slow. I'm I'm giving as much time as I can. My heart is that no one should perish. And the heart of my church should be that no one should perish. Because there's a day coming when those that make the conscious choice to, to do this, there will be consequences. Just like there will be a consequence for those who turn their lives to God and rest with Him and dwell in relationship with Him and live with Him. who repent of their sin and go, God, you know, I've been living without you. I want to turn my life over and give it to you. That's the other side of my soul melts with heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Because part of the strengthening of our souls with God's word is to know the heartbeat of God and walk in it and to live in it and to come from that place as we live life. Teach me according, sorry, my soul melts with, from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Jesus actually knew what that verse was. Jesus actually knew that verse. He knew the phrase to be strengthened according to the to the to the word of God. He knew it in practice, he knew it in life because how else, ladies and gentlemen? How else when he finished his final supper, the Last Supper with, with the disciples in that upper room and then went to the garden. And before the soldiers came and took him to be crucified, do you remember he, he, he dropped? He said, to his, he said to his mate, said to his guys, can you just pray with me? I just need to pray. He dropped. What did it say? He just, he sweat drops of blood. The silent falling of wax from a melting candle. And what did he rise to his knees with the verse of? He rose to his knees with this verse in Luke 22, verse 42, where it says this, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Don't ever read that verse as some sort of God, was Jesus was having some sort of 50-50 bet, you know, God, if I take a few steps now, hopefully this, they'll all call this thing off and everything will be cool. No, 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 no. This is Jesus standing up, strengthened in the word of God, in the dialogue that he has with his Father and goes, if, this, if it was possible, take it from me. But God, not my will. Yours be done. How else would he have went to the cross? How else would he have suffered the scourging that he did? How else would he have gone through the trials? How else would he have went through the torment of everything that he faced except that he was strengthened according to God's word? To be strengthened means to rise, to stand, to carry, to accomplish, to arise for action. This morning, you may be feeling like very tormented. You may be feeling very full of grief on whatever matter that may be. You may go, God, I just, I'm just i just stuck in this place. I, I just need you to be strengthened. What are some examples? I want to give you some examples of this morning of people who have found themselves in really difficult spots but who have stood in the midst of their trial, and rose. I want to give you the example of one young girl from the Bible who rose from kneeling in Esther chapter 8, verse 4, where she stands and says to her people, I was born for such a time as this, and I will stand before the king. And if you know the story of Esther, you know her life was in jeopardy at that great point and so was the people. But she rose from that place of kneeling and was strengthened by God. You might remember the story of David and Goliath. Where David stands before the Saul in 2 Samuel chapter 17, David stands before Saul and he says, Saul, King Saul, mate, I have killed the bear as they attack my sheep. I also killed a lion when he attacked my sheep. And I will rise and I will take on this Goliath for God is with me. Little shepherd boy. Knew what it was to be attacked by stuff. Knew what it was to see his nation under attack and said, Saul, you have to give me a go. I will rise because the Lord is with me. And read the story of 2 Samuel chapter 17. You know, David defeats Goliath. Sometimes we need to be strengthened just in listening to God's word. What happens when we listen to God's word? I don't know if you've ever read the book of Nehemiah, but there's this, there's this guy who who is in Babylon. It, it carries on a few years after after what the kids talk was this morning. But he, he goes, King, I want to go back and rebuild the city. He goes, yeah, let's go. that's a good idea, mate. Here's, here's all the cash you need to do that go and do it, they go and rebuild the city, they get all the people back together. They have this time of listening to the Lord and Nehemiah rises in Nehemiah 9 and cries out and stands up and prays a great prayer of repentance and of declaration of who God was or who God is for his city. If you need to be strengthened in some great thing that you're trying to do or endeavour in in a city wide sort of thing or some great sort of industry thing that you're trying to accomplish, listening to the story of Nehemiah. or if you want to maintain yourself in in church or if you're a ministry leader in whatever form it is and you want to be strengthened according to your word because you just feel there's something not quite right for you or something not quite right in your ministry area, then can I encourage you to read the story of Joshua as he maintains his oneness before the Lord. As they go out, they defeat the city of Jericho. Everybody's going, rah, 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 this is fantastic. What's the next town? And they make this decision to go and towel up this Next town, and they, and Ger- and Joshua says, "Guys, don't go. Something's not right. Don't go. No, Joshua, we we did this. We can do that. No, something's not right. They go and they get this absolute. Uh, I'll use. You got to read it. They get a whooping. They get an absolute flogging. They don't win. They come back and they're in complete mourning and grief. And they realize the reason." for their, their inability to break through in the battle wasn't something external to them, it was something internal. There was, a, there was, there was sin in the camp, there was something wrong where they weren't right before God. And to strengthen themselves according to God's word in that point, they had to deal with what was in their heart before they continued in their ministry. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. It's a great verse. But can I encourage you not just to let it be words on a page for you, but let it to be something that like a seed planted in soil would sprout and touch your life. that it would fruit and be a blessing to others. Because unlike a lot of people in our community, we as God's people are very different to our world. Why? Because we have God in us, with us, and through us. And I want to encourage you to realize what you have. I want to encourage you to realize what God has given you in his word. I want to encourage you to rest in it, to know it. And if you're in a stage of personal grief on whatever matter that may be this morning, we're going to have a time of just reflection. I want to allow you just to, to pour your heart out to the Lord. And in our time of reflection, you might go, yeah, I'm, I'm not grieving about anything, Jeff. I'm, I'm my, my journey's pretty cool at the moment. Sweet. Sweet. But I, I just want it to be a time where maybe we align with God's heart and you might know friends and family who don't know God. I just want to pray that you would, your heart would align with God's in this time of reflection and, and pour out to him, God, let them be in heaven. Give me an opportunity to speak with them. God, give me an opportunity. Let my heart beat with yours. Let my heart beat with yours. If I can give you an encouragement, ten years ago I was um, I was a, a part-time police chaplain, and I met this individual, and we have this thing the last um, Friday in September called National Police Remembrance Day and I'm organising this service, and I say to this one officer who's helping me organise this service in the town I was in, um, do, do you have like a faith? Like what what makes you want to be a part of this? Because this is extra duty sort of stuff. You've got to do it in your own time. You're like, why are you doing that? Oh, she goes, no, heck no, I don't believe in God at all. Like I'm an atheist. I'm like, brain explosion. This is a church service, darling. Haven't you quite figured that out yet? And she goes, Oh yeah, no, I don't believe in that, but I believe in what you're doing. Like, what's the difference? Oh my goodness. But I'm happy to help. I'll do whatever it takes, but just don't get me up the front to do anything. Right, well, that makes that con- that's a conversation stopper. I don't know if you've had one of those conversations that was like, right, what's the next topic we can talk about? Ten years on. This past week... I was in a particular station where this officer was and their view are still the same of God. They have a personal injury where they're on light duties for something. And I'm sitting down talking with this officer and God says, you should ask her if you could pray with her. I'm going, God, don't you remember what she's like? She's like, way over here somewhere? God, just ask her, see what happens. I said to this officer, I'm going, well, he goes, nothing. She goes, no. Can I pray? No, no. <laughs> so no, that ain't ever, no. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would probably be a bit uncomfortable here, but do you mind if I pray for you in the car when I'm driving to where I've got to go next? She goes, yeah, you can do that. That's what I did. She's still a little bit away from God. I'm not giving up on her. Because I, I long for the day to see her in heaven. Like I long for the day to see all the blue shirts in heaven. That's my ministry field. That's God. Give me a heartbeat for them. And I don't care if it takes 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't care if it takes six minutes with somebody. I don't care if I have to sit in the gutter. God, let my heart beat with with yours. And I pray this morning that same heartbeat would be for you that in everything you do, whether whether it's in your workplaces, in your homes, whether it's buying fuel at the servo or playing on the sporting field, whatever it may be, God, let my heart beat for you that I might represent you well. Let me feel the same pain you feel. Let me know what it is to rise to my feet like Jesus and say, Father, in this situation when I don't want to talk, but not my will but yours be done because I will go forward in your name and I will represent you well. And I pray that attitude, that spirit, that heartbeat over each of us today. And so we're going to listen to a song now. Whether it's in our personal grief or needing to align to the heartbeat of God, I pray that we would just grab this moment and reflect on the Lord. And at the end of the song, I'm going to come back and we'll pray a prayer and our service will conclude our service this morning. Thanks, Sam. Pray for those who may have never come to you with their grief that they would know that you are with them, embracing them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be true, not just in name, but in action to those people this morning, that you would comfort them. I pray also for us, Lord, that we would align and have a heart that beats in line with you to understand something of your heart for humanity and how you not just express your word but apply it and live it as well. And I pray as you say at the end of the Psalms, I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord. I will keep your word. I cry out to you. Save me and I will keep your testimony. I rise before you in the dawn of the morning and cry out to you for help. My hope is in your word. My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. Draw near to those who follow after wickedness because they're far from you. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. And so, God, I pray, consider my affliction and deliver me. For I do not forget your law nor your word. Plead my cause and redeem me. And Lord, revive me according to your word. I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This morning we're going to close our service. I just ask if you'd be sensitive to people who may want to just sit for a while and let God minister to them, because that's okay. But I pray something of that memory verse will be planted in each of our lives. um, Something of practice that will help you and me. The sermon was written very much for me too today in your journey with the Lord. Peace be with you, I pray. you Have a great week. If you want to have a talk about stuff, more than happy to talk. If you're sitting here and you go, you know what, I need to give my life to the Lord, then just grab the person next to you or grab me and we can pray and talk to you about that. But if God's placed that on your heart, please don't leave here today without being right with him. I pray you have a great week in all that you face. May you know God's presence and peace as you live for his glory and honour. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.